0: All right, Uh, I want to talk to you today from 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to start about verse 19, but I want to give you my title today, uh, and and that would simply be, When What You See Ain't Real. When What You See Ain't Real. I know that that's not proper grammar, but I'm not hosting an English class today. I'm going to preach you a message, but you'll remember this. When What You See Ain't Real. Uh, How many of you are... uh, or on Facebook, or have been on it one time, you, you, you've seen something about Facebook. You, your wife, your spouse, somebody has shown you a picture from Facebook. Nothing. Nobody in this room is on Facebook. Not a soul. That's amazing. Well, let's go to the house, because that's my message. I mean, no. So I have, I have this relative of mine, and she's on Facebook. And I look at this picture that she posts, uh, pictures that she posts sometimes of her and her family, thinking that is not her. That that can be her. Photoshop is awesome. If you see me looking like I've lost 20 pounds, what you see ain't real, okay? It, It might be Photoshop. I mean, you know, you can see, like, people that you know. Let's just say that they blemished from here up. And Facebook filters, they're not blemished anymore. It's like you look at them and say, praise God. It's a miracle. He's healed their face. Glory to God. Then you want to comment and say, what happened? Because you want to go where they went so you can get what they got. Amen But just because you see it on Facebook don't mean it's true. when what you see ain't real, might want to rethink that right? I mean you know some stuff just ain't real. Amen. That's what I want to talk about today when what you see ain't real. Second Kings chapter 2, I'm going to read about three verses to begin with. Now, I'll uh, give you a little background right here. Elisha has just taken over the ministry from Elijah, okay? And so how many of you get those names confused? Which one did what and who was first and all that? Well, let me give you a little help, okay? This is how I do it. Okay, and I still get confused, so you might not want to do this. But uh, here's how I'll do it. Elijah with a J, he came first. Elisha, S, it's later in the alphabet, he came second. I just lost some of you totally, and you're thinking... I didn't put that much thought into it, man. I just like, I go with it and say, I don't know who it was. It's one of those two guys, okay? But so Elijah, he had just been caught up. Elisha catches his mantle. I mean, if you read the first part of the the, the chapter, you find this out. And so Elisha's there and he's wondering, is this thing going to work? I mean, I've been watching Elijah for a few days here now. And and man, every time he does something, he calls upon this, this God and things happen. And so Elisha grabs the mantle. And as it falls, uh, Elijah's gone. Elijah comes back to the Jordan, and he says, all right, God, uh, this is just my story. If you're there, manifest yourself. And he takes the mantle. spoon. So Jordan really so says, Opens up. He said, this is going to be good. Come on. He said, this is going to be good. So he walks across, and guess what? His ministry begins. His ministry begins of miracles. Matter of fact, if you read certain translations of the Bible, it says, Elisha's ministry begins. So that's the title, the heading of, in this particular passage. So watch this. It says in 2 Kings 2, 19, Now the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees. Watch it. It's pleasant as you see it. But watch this. But the water is bad and the land is unfruitful. He said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they they brought it to him. and And then he went to the spring of the water and threw the salt in it and said, thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Now, I want to give you a couple of definitions. This word pleasant, it simply uh, means good. Th- this word um, here, it's used in a unique way. It's, it's used, as I studied this, it's used as, a, as an adjective. It's used as a masculine noun and a feminine noun. It's, it's also used in a singular sense or the plural sense. I mean, that's, that's awesome. If you're like me in English class, uh, when I was taking English, that went right over my head. I thought, okay, well, why do I need to know this? This is why you need to know this. So when a word like this is used, and it's used in the feminine sense, and the masculine sense, I mean, it, this word, it, it covers everything. I mean, it's like this is the word that you can use it in any application, and it's good. So when he says, hey, this city is pleasant, I mean, it's, it's the top notch. But there's another word that we learned in English class, and, and it's a little but. But it's a conjunction. Conjunction ties two thoughts or two things together, okay? But, you know, when you're talking to someone and, it, and they get you all pumped up and, it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. And they say, but. You go, oh, man. Just lets the air right out of you. It's like popping a balloon in front of you. You ever talk to those people? So you know what I do when I talk to them? I get, and I know they're fixing it. I say, I got to go. So I don't want to be let down. Their but is the problem. Some of you are going to get that as it goes through and up here. But. Oh, Lord. But. Hey, the Holy Ghost is still here. He didn't leave. He's funny. Okay, it does these things, just break it all up, and but it's a conjunction. It, it, it used to coordinate elements. It puts things together. He says, it looks this way, Elisha, but the water's bad. Now, you and I, we don't think a whole lot about our water until it goes bad, and then we don't think about it a whole lot then other than that we're kind of mad. We call David and Marsha. This is not a complaint time. We don't have complaint cards in the back for your water system. Just happened to be at the moment, okay? But the water (laughs) bill is going to be high. He says, everything looks great. Everything's going good. Everything's pretty, but the water is bad. Now, in this day and time, they built cities around the supply of water. When the water was bad, it's time to take up Pack up, let's go somewhere else where there's good water, okay? They didn't have, watch this. If if David and Marshall were running a water system back then, you know what would be happening? They'd be there, and they'd be charging you so much to get your bucket, and you'd get your own water, and you'd go back and boil it yourself. Come on. The city looked great, but the water was bad. And, And watch this. And there's another conjunction used right together. It says, and. I mean, that's like a double whammy. It's like you don't, you know, what's that? You get built up and, and butt and you go, and then you go, and it's like, oh man, I wish I'd never even ran into you today. That's when those people you avoid at the grocery store, because you know they got a butt and and. Okay? And, and so. This word, con- this and, is a conjunction, and it's used as a function word in this particular application, and it's a word to indicate a connection uh, to an addition. So, not only was the water bad, but the land, the water, it, it said that the scripture said that it was unfruitful. We got a problem, church. Because if, if you live in a community where the water's bad and the land is unfruitful, you starve to death. We have a problem. We have a little thing called unfruitfulness. We have some bad water. We'll make a point in just a minute, so hold that thought. What it looks like on the outside may not necessarily be what's underneath. What our picture that we see is really not the depiction of what's really going on behind the scenes. What you see here on Sunday, the worship team is so good. preaching's great. I don't need any comments, but I knew You can always count on a day, all in a David. But guess what? What this looks like may not be what they feel like some Sundays. Because there's a lot that goes into practice and wrong notes and getting it right and the nervousness of how we're going to make this transition and stuff. And, Lord, I hope the pastor's mic's off because if he sings, it's going to mess everything up. So what it looks like to you may not be really what's going on behind the scenes. They may have had an argument with their spouse, too, before they got here. They may have kids that they dealt with up last night sick as well. Come on, I'm going to preach a minute. They may have jobs that they're dealing with that they have bosses they're thinking about. they got to go in this evening or tomorrow, and they don't like that and and all this stuff. And yet they come, and what you see may not really be what's going on, but they press through. Come 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 on. So watch this. So what you see may not be for real. The city looked good to the eye, but it was unable to sustain itself. And church, I'm here to tell you that if something doesn't happen in the house of God, in the churches of God across this country, we're not going to be able to sustain ourselves. I'm not talking about the gospel. I'm talking about the church, the true church that preaches the truth. We're not going to be able to sustain. We may look and have the beautiful facades on the outside, but when the truth is gone, when the water of the Holy Spirit is gone from our midst, we have a problem. When there's unfruitfulness in the pews, Come on, when there's sin in the pews, when there's sin on the pulpit, we have a problem. We will not be able to sustain ourselves as a church, yeah. not as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can, put the, you can put whatever name you want on the front of the building. Come on, that don't make you that. In an article from the thought company, uh, Thought Co., published in August 8th of 2019, written by Ann Hemlestein, with a Ph.D. She wrote that three days is usually the number of days one can survive without any water, uh, any water fluid intake, some cases more than a week. It's a typical. She's a Ph.D. You don't like that thing, take it up with her. <clears throat> Without food, a person can go 8 to 12 weeks. I think I got that reversed. About three days, old big boy here is figuring out something to eat or somebody to eat. I'm telling you, if this thing goes bad, I can become a cannibalist. Boom. Somebody got to feed the preacher. The problem with the city was it looked good from the outside, but on the inside it was about to die. That's what it looks like. on. We have beautiful facades and buildings and we have the right music and we have the right classes and the right curriculum and all these things for our kids, but we're going without the sustainable water of the Holy Spirit washing us every day. We think we can come to church and get washed for a few minutes in worship, hear a good preaching that's maybe the truth sometime, and think that's enough. But God says you're going without the things that are necessary for you to sustain life, spiritually speaking. I want you to know that I love you, number one. And number two, I'm not talking to the sinner out in the street today. I'm talking to the church. If you're wondering, I'm paddling the boat. I'm right with you. I got the message before you got it. I wonder how many Christians look good on the outside but are dying on the inside. How many of us are just putting on a facade and, if you will, uh, uh, women that put on their makeup? I dated a girl one time, Glenn, and I saw her without her makeup and broke up with her. Y'all think I'm kidding? I'm serious as a heart attack. That was the ugliest woman I had ever seen in my life. Beautiful with makeup. My daddy would say it this way She was so ugly, she had puke a buzzard off a gut wagon. That's bad. You hear what I'm saying? Hey, I'm still anointed. You're getting this because, see, I got to do. Watch this. We come to church and we look a certain way. Now, watch this. And we even worship a certain way, Bobby. Woo! Look at them worship. <clears throat> we jump a certain way. We can quote scripture. To your problem. Encourage you when you're down and be dying on the inside. Come on, church. This is a good word today. When what you see ain't real, I'm going to interject this. What's the world looking at out there? Are they seeing us come out of church and go into our restaurants and look at our Sunday best and, and act good because we're around Christians. I want to tell you something. It's easy. You ought to be, it ought to be so easy to act like a Christian in the church. Shouldn't be any problem for us to rejoice and love on each other in the church. It shouldn't be a problem when we go to the restaurant five minutes after church today. What are they seeing on Monday? How are you reacting to your to your coworker, or to your boss or to your employees. Come on. Well, I went to church yesterday. I feel good. And then you cuss out an employee. Maybe what they see ain't real. Maybe you need some fresh water, some fresh anointing, some freshness of the Holy Spirit to wash over you. Clean you up a little bit. He said, Lord, still working on me. Well, let him work more. See, the problem is here, we use that statement I don't know how f- fond I am of that. Lord, working on me. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> the Lord's only going to work on you to the extent you'll let him because right. he won't break your free will. That's right. So you can use that line all you want to, just don't use it on me. Because after 20 years and you're still dealing with the same thing, you're not letting Him work on you. God is not a God that it takes Him 20 years to do something in your life. If God can speak everything into existence in a matter of a few moments in a day, eight days to to, uh, create everything we got and things that we have not even explored yet, you're going to tell me you're such a hard case for Him. He's saying, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. It's been 22 years and still dealing with that. I don't believe that for a minute. What I do believe is, yes, do we struggle with things? Absolutely. Do we have uh, things that that have a hold on us? Absolutely. But God, I read in the Bible, God is bigger than anything you will ever encounter. Come on. Man, this is good. Preach, you're doing a really good job. Thank you. Today I want you to take a test. I took one last night. I want you to take one today. It's a simple test. You can see if this is happening to you if you're dying spiritually. Now, I want you to, uh, if, you, if you're normally the ones who sleep through most of the service, or doze or nod or whatever it is you do, pick your fingernails, write notes, act like you're getting on to your kids the whole time during the whole service, so that you don't have to pay attention? You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? I had kids once. I did that because I didn't like the message because I thought it would would challenge me and encourage me and I'd have to do better. So watch. I want you to take a little test. So pay attention. Hey, it's it's just two questions. It's a pop quiz. Does anybody around you Want to drink from your spiritual well? Question one. Does anybody around you want to drink from your spiritual well? Do you have anything spiritual coming from you that says, man, you got to have this? Does anybody that you work with every day around, does your spouse? Do your kids? Oh. What are your kids seeing you? They seeing that thing, ain't for real. Ouch. Well, they should be. Here's Scripture. John seven thirty eight says, Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So if you've got what you proclaim to have in your facade that you put up and say, I'm a Christian, and I go to church, I go to LVA church, and I pay my tithes, and I'm a regular tender, I even go on Wednesdays. then what water do they desire that should be coming from you? Because the Bible says that rivers of living water, not death. Come on, not gossip. Not, 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 not self, self uh, what do you call it? Say it again. Self-loathing. Good word. Self-loathing. Is it all about you? Can you, can you? can you go to lunch and not have the pastor for lunch or your neighbor or someone in the church because you're jealous? Is that what you talk about with your friend? Is that the spiritual water that people see flowing from you? Come on, this is good. This will make you grow. This will make you sustainable. Woo! So we ought to have it. Number two question. Number one, what was number one? Does anybody around you want to drink from your spiritual well? That's number one. Number two. Do you have any spiritual fruit? As a Christian, you should have. You should have fruit, spiritual fruit. As a Christian, when your name pops up in whatever circles, there ought to be something that someone says that leads to some spiritual fruit. But what are they seeing? Is it real? What they're seeing in your life, that they're seeing on your fruit tree, is it real? You ever seen that plastic fruit? Apples and peaches and grapes and all that? And we used to, I'm telling on myself, used to be a long time ago, you had a bowl of that plastic fruit on the table. Why in the name of God would you want to tempt somebody with that stuff? You come in and you're thinking, man, that peach looks so good. And you reach over and grab it and go, like, You ever done that? You ever, it looks so real, you pick it up because you thought it was real? After a while, you go into people's house and you're, thinking, you're, you're looking at their table going like this. And they come in and they see, what are you doing? Is that real? Oh, yeah, that's real. Oh, I thought so. I just want to get one. Is that what people are saying? Are they seeing plastic fruit? Are they seeing something that has the image of being real but is not real, that has the appearance that someone has taken a, a piece of plastic that has no taste, no structure, it hasn't been grown and somebody painted something really pretty on the outside but on the inside it's just air? I got to hurry because I don't want to lose you. So do you have any spiritual fruit? If you do not, here's why. You ready? This is going to sting just a little. When the, when the nurse says this is going to sting a little, ain't none of y'all ever got a shot in your life, have you? This is going to sting a little. Do you tell that, uh, Shannon, do you tell me it's going to sting a little or it might hurt a little, burn a little? I like that. I'm going to adopt it. Can I steal that from you? This is going to burn a little bit. <laughs> this one of shot shots you're going to get, and they're going to burn tomorrow. I didn't come up with it. I'm reading Scripture to you. You know I don't preach opinion, right? Scripture. We back it up with Scripture. Watch this. If you don't have spiritual fruit, here's why. John 15, 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you. Everybody say me. Unless you abide in me. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's burning a little bit. If you don't have fruit, you might want to connect, check your connection with the vine. Because there might be a severed part there. Did you think because I go to church or I pay a tithe or I teach a class or I'm on the worship team or I pastor the church? Come on. I hope a lot of pastors around the world hear that because some of y'all need to get connected to the vine, you pastors, because you're not connected to the vine. That's why our churches are the way they are. We don't have true biblical preaching pastors in a lot of places because they're after the butt in the seat and the tithe in the box. Mm. Watch. Fruit comes from a connection. Connected, grafted in, a hold of, where the supply line comes from the vine. You can take a, you can take a Peach tree, apple tree, strawberry uh, vine, whatever it is you want to do. And you can lay it down in the furrow beside the other strawberry, what do you call it? Heel. Heel? Plant. Strawberry heel. That's the wine. No. And (laughs) And you can lay that thing down right there by it with a nice, red, beautiful, sweet, red strawberry on it. And in today's heat, this afternoon, it's going to look bad. Why? Because it's not connected to the vine. And what do people do when they see that? They come back and say, mm, that was no good. And most time, they just step over or step on it. But they look and say, oh, look at this. This beautiful. And they'll pick the ones that's connected to the vine because they're, what are they? They look good. They're lush. They're bright red. And they got a good taste. They're not wilted. Why? They're connected to the vine. Just because you're laying by the vine, just because you come to church, just because you pay that, don't mean you're connected to the vine. If you abide in me and i in you, you're going to bear much fruit. It didn't say a little bit. I'm just waiting on the Lord to tell me what to do. Maybe he'll just give me a little nugget of something to do in my, my little lowly life here of 80 years or 70 or whatever it is. That's not scriptural. Who told you that? The Bible says you'll bear much fruit. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a once and done. I used to listen to the 80s music a whole lot. And on the weekends, every now and then, they would have these radio programs that say, one-hit wonders. Y'all ever heard? Got one hit? It's the only time you ever heard of them. You think, man, they're famous. And they got one stinking hit. You thought, man, I thought they were very popular. I thought they were like, man, superstars. They weren't. Not for one song. 100 years ago. Your kids don't like it, by the way. God's not calling us to be a, a one hit wonder. God says you're going to bear much fruit, you're going to be sustainable. You're going to over and over, you're going to produce fruit. Over and over and over, you should produce fruit if you're in the vine. If you're not producing fruit, you want me to tell you what it says again? Let's just read it because I don't want you to be upset at your pastor. I am the vine, verse 5, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There's a period there in my Bible. You don't have to add anything to it. You don't have to read into it. You don't have to have a theological degree to cipher this thing out to say, what, is those words, what do those words really mean? It means what they say. If you're not in the vine, you're not fruitful. If you're in the vine, you're fruitful. You're going to bear much fruit. And if people look at you and they're not willing to drink from your spiritual well, they can't find any fruit in your life, I want you to go and really today I want you to take a look at yourself and see, am I connected to the vine or does it just look like it? Hallelujah. If you do not have a spiritual relationship with the vine or the Father, may I tell you, your spiritual well-being is broken. It's not going to sustain very long. You will dry up. Come on, listen to me. You're going to dry up. You ever heard the old saying, dry it up, dry up on the vine? Well, see, the cool thing is you can't dry up when you're connected to His vine. You can drive by the vine, but you can't drive when you're connected to Him. Not if you'll stay in His Word. You got to Bible read. You got to pray. You got to seek the Lord. You got to worship Him other than Sunday. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house today. some of you are probably wondering about our text today how is this city going to survive without water without food i mean that's a real deal if you put yourself into these stories you say well, how is that going to happen the good news is there's hope for the city watch this second kings 220 and he said elisha said bring me a new bowl and put salt in it so they brought it to him and when they uh, when they and then he went to the spring of the water and threw the salt in Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water. From now on, neither death nor miscarriage shall come from it. Notice what Elijah, Elijah requested. Bring me a new bowl. It might be time for you to get out of the same old place and the same old people and the same old things you've been doing. You might need a new bowl around you. Get in a new bowl. So that's the first thing. He said, I don't even want to use the old thing to try to do something new. I want a new bowl. That's very biblical. There's principles. The Bible speaks about uh, uh, old wine and new wineskins. That's another message altogether. But God wants to do something new, but he can't do something new when you're still living at your same address you've been living at for 25 years thinking God's going to do something. Maybe you need a new bowl. Elisha said, bring me a new bowl. then he said, put salt in it. I like the way this is. Watch this. And... In verse 21 then he went to the spring of the water uh, excuse me excuse me verse 20 and he said bring me a new bowl and put salt in it the implication is that elisha did not put the salt in the new bowl he said bring me a bowl and you put salt in it see we come to church and we're waiting for the worship team eric to put salt on us. We're waiting for the preacher to work us up enough so we can get some new salt. No, the Word of God says, you get your own salt, put it on yourself. How do you do that, Pastor? Get in God's Word. Worship Him. Read God's Word. Pray and seek God. God, what do you want to do today in my life? It don't have to be on Sunday when you make that prayer. You put some salt you got to do something. I can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife can't do it for you. Your children can't do it. The youth pastor can't do it for your kids. Come on, you've got to get the salt of the Word of God into your life. You're going to get that by reading God's Word. Whoo! Notice what Elisha did. He went to the spring of the water. I put in parentheses in my note the source of where the problem was coming from. Water's water, but it had a source that was producing bad water. So I want to tell you, if you're dealing with something today, you can't get past it, go to the source of where that stuff's coming from. I can talk to somebody in about five minutes and tell you what, what's going on most of the time, where the source of your stuff's coming from. Not because I'm something special. I just got some common sense. You can ask about three or four questions. And figure out exactly what's going on in people's lives. Usually, it's Are you reading your Bible? Nope. And I'd skip the next question, but I'd be cordial. I'm cordial and say, Are you praying? No. Well, I did yesterday because I got this problem. And why do you think I'm here? <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> you can ask these questions. Do a self-examination. Where's my issues coming from? 99% of the time, it's not from your neighbor. It's not from your kids. It's not from your spouse. It's not from the preacher. It's not from the teachers. It's you. What you're doing. Whom you're doing it with. And why you're doing it. Well, preacher, you know, I just want to be a friend to all people like Jesus was. I want to be, get out among the sinners. Well, you're among the sinners because you're sinning. Jesus didn't sin when he went among the sinners. Well, about about, you know, he had Zacchaeus come over, you know, I mean, he sat right down and had dinner with him. Okay. Can you do that, though? And not sin? Come on, maybe the reason, the source of why you are where you are, you're hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things, listening to the wrong stuff, watching the wrong stuff on television. Come on, you, you don't even have to have HBO and send to the max to, 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 to watch nasty stuff now. You say, Preacher, you're so outdated. We get all that on the computer. You think? <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not dumb. Come on, we're still streaming right on into the house. Wide open. Open up both gates. Let that stuff come right on in. Because I want my kids to go to hell. I want my kids to be addicted to pornography. I want, I want my four-year-old son to see a naked woman on, on, on the Internet. Oh, I would never want that to happen. Well, if you don't have a blocker on your, uh, on your Internet, bingo. Bingo. I want to check the, the source. What well, little Johnny would never do that. Little Johnny's already doing that. Come on, we don't like this stuff. And if your grandparents raising grandkids, this applies to you too. I hate that you have to raise your grandkids because you're missing out on a blessing. But it is your responsibility now. Watch what's going on. And if you let this filth, come on, I'm going to get real. We ain't starting no school tomorrow. But if you let this filth infiltrate your kids at school, that they're getting shown to and you think, oh, it ain't happening at our school. I bet it is. Just because you don't know it don't mean it ain't there just because they had some kind of little invocation prayer or a little prayer or something at opening school every morning on the PA system and everybody gets to hear it, that don't mean squat. It's time, church, that what the world sees is real coming from us. What are they seeing? If they saw something real in us, we would have to have five services on Sunday because we couldn't get them in here because they say, I want what you got. But they look at us now and say, I already got what you got. I don't want to go. I'm going to go fishing because I like fish. And you're going, and you're going to come back, you're going to be the same way. I'll see you tomorrow, and you'll be cussing me. You'll be mad at me. You're going to be doing this. You're going to talk about your wife. You're going to do, that You're going to talk about the preacher, and you're going to say, well, huh? Come on, this is real stuff. We act like this don't happen. I used to participate in this stuff. It didn't go away. Hey, man, Preacher, you're doing so good. I wish you'd just move on. I think I will. He threw salt in this new bowl or in the spring of the water. Salt means it's it's a, it's salt was a, a connection to a covenant. A new covenant. When they would use salt uh, to exchange, they put some, it was a new covenant. It means a new beginning. That's another message altogether. I gotta hurry. <clears throat> Thirdly, then he declared what was going to happen look, I'm not telling you to get outside of God's Word for one minute, not one second. I'm not telling you to declare something that's not in God's Word, but I'm here to tell you, some of you need to stand up in your in the mirror and talk to the spiritual you and say, I'm not going to participate anymore. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change the way I am. It may be hard. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm not telling you you can step away from the mirror and step back in, and you're going to see a brand new you. I'm going to say, no, you're seeing the same you. But what I'm telling you, that if you'll get right with God it If you'll say, God, take over my life, if you'll take the salt of the Word of God and apply it to your life, I'm telling you, there'll be change that'll come to your life. And my God, the church needs change to come to our lives. You have to make up your mind and say, thus says the Lord about me. That you're gonna be the head, not the tail. Some of you are so worked up and so depressed about life that you don't know what's gonna happen. You mope around like you're the end of the, the one of them T-Rex things. You the tail way out there at the back, and everybody else is up here. You mope around, woe is me. Ain't nothing good ever happened to me. It's always well, it's because you made crazy, stupid decisions most of the time. I look at my life, most everything crazy that happened to me caused a meek. Yep. Don't amen me. My wife over there doing this. <laughs> she ain't moved that much. by how 20 years in the church. She's like, yes. <laughs> I know some of y'all ain't never seen any Pentecostal people running church. She fixing to make a lap. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't you have a class to be in somewhere? <laughs> amen. You come on up to piano so you can't you I want both your hands on that piano. No, seriously, come on up to the piano for the clothes. It's okay to have fun in the house of the Lord, ain't it? At least you won't leave here saying, Lord Jesus, I was so sleepy when he got through talking. You're sleepy when I started. Didn't have nothing to do with my preaching. Had to do with that decision last night, staying up to 3 o'clock in the morning watching Westerns or whatever, or 5 or 6 or 2. Saying, Lord, if that preacher had just been a little more excited, I wouldn't have been asleep this morning. Yeah, you would have. Some of you ain't even been to bed yet. Come on, this is good stuff. We need this. So some of you need to declare that God, what God says about you, God says that you're more than a conqueror, that you're going to be victorious, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God's word is true. God says, look, he didn't say there wouldn't be a storm, but he said, I'll carry you through the storm. Oh yeah. He didn't say that there wasn't going to be, that it's going to be rainy days, but he said, I'll be your umbrella. Come on. He'll take you through He'll protect you when you go through it. It's what God's word says. But here's what God's word also says that you got to build your house on a solid rock, that foundation. So when those storms do come, that you won't be blown away and washed away so quickly. You got to build on that solid rock called Jesus Christ. Come on, that's good. I like that. Can I use it? That the gates of hell shall not prevail. What does that mean? Some of you tell me, I'm going through hell, Pastor. Yes, you probably are. But you're not the only one. But I know what God's Word says about you. That the gates of hell, if they open them up, they can't overtake you if you're in Christ Jesus. Because if you say they can, oh, I've been overtaken by the enemy, what you're telling me is that God is not sufficient. And God is sufficient. He is sufficient. He is more than able to keep you and carry you in the middle of your storm. Don't ever forget, this battle, we call it a battle between God and Satan. It's not a battle, friend. I read the end of the book. He won before the thing ever started. It's not this struggle that, oh, I got you, oh, I got you, this, no. God said, whoa, whoa, hold up just a minute. I created you. See, see let me tell you something about, about Satan. Wasn't part of my message, but let me tell you something about Satan. Satan was created. God kicked him out of heaven. He didn't even have the authority to stay in heaven. And you're going to tell me that the devil has some authority over you when you put your faith in Jesus Christ? It is not happening, friend. As long as you stay in him, as long as you're standing on the solid rock. We used to sing an old song. remember that song? That our feet's planted on the solid rock. My God. We need to get planted on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And the way we're going to get there, church, is we're going to have to do something new. We're going to get a new bowl. We're going to put some salt in it. You put your salt in your bowl. And we're going to declare thus says the Lord. The Lord has called you. So many people sitting in this room, God has called you to something. I'm going to give you a little secret. God hadn't just called you to be a tither. Oh, I'm just going to give money. That's what the Lord called me, just to give, be a bless. I'm going to bless people. We're all supposed to do that, honey. You're not doing anything special. You're supposed to do that. God's called you for a purpose for today for tomorrow as long as you're breathing you got a purpose you got a plan Ordined, ordained by god almighty jeremiah 29 11, we love to quote that except in this context we love to quote it when things are going mm, god's got a plan for me mm, i know the plans i have for you and they are good to prosper you. oh prosper let's hang out there a while and shout a little bit i'll prosper you mm, 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 mm. Send the checks, Lord. Send the checks. Let me pick up the cash on the front door somebody done blessed me with. You been starved death. <laughs> That's not God. And if you listen to that foolishness, hear, hear your pastor. If you listen to that foolishness on TV, you quit that. That's from the pits of hell. There is no prosperity gospel. Jesus is prosperous. He wants you to be prosperous. And you ain't got to get off in some wide-eyed, left-wing kind of religion to believe God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you regardless. And you don't have to send him $1,000 because you can't buy your blessings. You hear me? Come on now. Come on. I'm getting hot and tired and I'm fat and sweating. There is hope for you today. There's hope for you today. There's hope for this church. There's hope for the church in America. And there's hope for America. Oh, it looks dim. Because all you hear is the left-wing media. Mumbo-jumbo junk. And I'm not being political here. You can talk to a Christian, Miss Janice, that would be so left wing so and I'm not talking about political I'm talking about negative down and out woe is me end of the world's coming what what was that little thing we used to do when we was a kid that the sky's falling? I mean everybody you talk to sky's falling. God they need to get received. I'm not talking about looking at reality. I'm not fond of everything that's going on right now. But I'm telling you what, nothing that's going on in Washington, D.C., nothing, hear me, hear me, nothing going on in Washington, D.C. is going unnoticed by the Father in heaven. He didn't say, oh, I didn't see that coming when I put him in office. He didn't raise an eyebrow and say, oh, man, what are we going to do in America? He says, it's working into my good. It's working out for the plan that I have. God knows exactly what he's doing. You need to get your eyes on him and get them off of Washington. Need to go to work? Quit trying to draw a check. Come on. Go to work. Take care of your family. That's biblical stuff right there. That's what the Bible says. Let's get back to the Bible. We gonna get to all of it. Some of you got to cut off some checks. Oh. Come on now. I'm not. Look, I'm not beating you up by any means. I'm telling you, that's a biblical principle sitting on your blessed assurance not doing anything and God says get up and do something because you bring that mentality in the church and say I've my blessed assurance in here and won't do a thing I hope this ain't blessed assurance so I go along with my, my song my, my, my method of what I'm doing I'm telling you God's got a plan for this country God's not done yet. God is prolonging this thing not so that you can have more. God is prolonging this thing because there's people that are gonna die and go to hell and he's giving them every opportunity to come to know him. That's what he's doing this for. Nothing else has to be fulfilled prophetically, uh, prophecy-wise for him not to return back to this earth in the thing we call rapture in Thessalonians. Nothing. But there's people that he loves—the sinner that he loves, the heathen, the prostitute, the alcoholic, the drunkard, the, the addict, the liar. Come on, the gambler. Come on, the adulteress that he loves. He says, "I want him to get right with me." You say, "I don't know. If the, I don't know if he does that." Well, you need to go back and read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. God, will you save it for 50? I'll save it if you can find him. Works his way home. God, if there's one. My God, where, where, are the, where are the lots? Come on. Just say, God, will you do it for them? God, if I go to them and I tell them about you, God, will you save them? Will your Holy Spirit draw them in? Because we know that the only way people can be saved is if they're drawn in by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But if you'll be praying for your loved one, if you'll be praying for your mother, your father, your kids, your aunts, your uncles, if you'll pray for them. God will open up a door and it'll be, look, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready because when the door opens, that opportunity is in and you gotta seize it right then. You can't say, let me go pray about that. Getting, leading somebody to the Lord is not something you got to pray about. Yeah. Did you hear what I said? You are, You don't have to pray about that. That's God's will. Yeah. And he tells us, Go ye into the world, make disciples. In other words, you got to get them saved. You need to make a disciple. That ain't a praying moment. You just go do it. Come on. It's time that the world starts seeing something that's real in the church house. I got to hurry. There's hope today for you. If you found yourself in a place that's less than desirable, I remember I talked to my brother once. He's a little older than I am. It's been a few years ago. Matter of fact, he was turning 50. And I said, well, how does 50 feel to you, brother? He said, well, I thought I'd be at a different place in my life at 50. really didn't know how to respond to that, Ralph. What, what encouraging word comes to your mind? Well, mine neither at the moment. And I thought about that. I've thought about it since. That's been several years ago now. I'm done surpassed that by a few years. He's older than me. Yeah. But that moment, I thought, I don't wanna to get to a place in life in the future where I'm still alive, Tracy, and say. I wish I was at a different place with you, Lord. You can change that yourself. That doesn't take revelation from the Lord. That doesn't take mama praying for you. That's just, I don't want to be there. I want to be what God's called me to be. What has God called you to be? Are people seeing you for what really is? Or do you have a spiritual filter put on you? You can shout at the right time. Say amen at the right time. The you and the yahoo, all at the right time. The Bible says something about that in 2 Corinthians, or in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. If you don't have love, you're just a tingling simple, and sounding brass. I want you need to go to the source. There's two ways you can look at that today. As I close, you need to go to the source of Jesus and say, "God, I need your help. God, I'm not where I need to be. God, I, I got There's got to be a change in my life. God, I'm going to the source that can help me, and He will. The Bible says His hand is not too short. Oh, woo! I like to say it this way: His hand ain't too short that He don't reach down where you are. We used to sing a song in church years ago. said, when he reached way down for me, some of you older ones, do you remember that? I always look up. Do you, you remember that? you remember that song? You're talking about old folks. No, I was talking to Bobby behind you. There was a guy that used to sing this song and he had a bass voice out of this world. He sang in a little, back then they had quartets and Boy, I mean, he could get down in the basement. I'll never forget this guy. He got up on stage one day. He was singing this by himself. His team wasn't there. He was singing. He sang that song when he reached way down. And when he he said way down, that old bass voice went down. And he reached down. He was a tall old guy. And he reached all the way down to the floor. And I've never forgotten. And I was probably 9 or 10 years old. And I thought, my God, you know what that means to me? At that time, he was a giant. I thought, my God, he can reach that far down, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, how long you've done it, who you've done it with. He can reach way down there and pick you up out of that old pit you're in. You got to go to the source. And then when you go to the source, you need to figure out what source is feeding you that bad junk, and get rid of that, get you a new bowl and put you some new salt in it and make you a new covenant. Some of you need to make a new covenant with God. We don't like to say get resaved, rededicated, you backslid. No, you're going to hell if you ain't in his commandments. This way it reads, if you don't abide in the vine, you'll be cut off, period. It's not optional. You gotta stay in the vine. Apart from him, you will die. Apart from him, you'll be unfruitful. It's time that the church said, I'm going to get reborn again, born again, recommitted, rededicated, whatever you want to call it, but you need a new covenant with God. Begin to act on what the Holy Spirit has told you. I don't know how all this works in a calling. I know how it worked on my life. I remember when I was a child, sitting in an, an old old shotgun kinda church with two rows down in the m- thing down the middle, and I envisioned myself uh, uh, being a preacher. I didn't know I was ever gonna be a pastor. I really didn't know that was on my radar, but I knew that God dropped some, the Holy Spirit dropped something in my spirit. I can't take you to the pew, but I can take you to the church. I can tell you who was preaching. Did I get saved in? It's not about salvation, I'm telling you. When God drops something in your spirit, some of you are dealing with this thing in your spirit and you're saying, I ought to be doing something. I got a calling on my life. But I'm so caught up in the world. I'm so caught up in making money. I'm so caught up in this. I'm so caught up in me and myself that I don't wanna give time for God. Some people, after hearing this message today, will walk out of here and spiritually die. You'll say, I don't want to change my source. I don't want a new bowl. I don't want a new covenant. I like it where I am. The preacher's crazy. I don't want to get off and I'll be no Jesus freak. Ain't none of us in here no Jesus freak. Ain't none of us in here spending enough time to be called a Jesus freak. Holy Spirit has placed a calling and a ministry in some of you. It's time, I beg you, to make a new covenant. Not so we can have you on the staff here at this church. It's because so we can win souls. It's about the soul. It's about the soul of every boy and girl up in these classes this morning and out in the multi-purpose building. It's about their soul. We sent out just this week 29 uh, little pamphlets that says, What Next? From our mega sports camp. Uh, 29 decisions for Christ. We need to be praying for those 29. We had prayer before we started mega sports camp in my office on several occasions. God, if there's a child here that doesn't know you, let them come to know you. God, draw them in by something that we're doing. It's not because it's fun, but God, because the Holy Spirit is drawing them. And I pray that that those 29 decisions, they stick with it, David. They stay with it. Church, we got to get right with God. We got to make a new covenant because we want the church, the world out there to see the church for something that it really is. Will you stand with me?